What's going on, Who That Nation? It is yours truly, TJ Jones, the host of the State of the Saints podcast. And we have a special guest with us. Well, I don't even consider him a guest anymore. This is his third time here on the State of the Saints podcast. You all know him, uh, Saints analyst, college football analyst, Mike Dettier. Mike, what's going on? Hey, hey, um, pleasure to be here this morning. morning. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for being a part of the State of the Saints podcast with us, Mike. Uh, Really excited about the Saints uh, Week 17 matchup versus the Carolina Panthers. But before we get into that, I just want to back up a a tad bit. Uh, The Saints uh, played on Christmas Day on last week, and they had a historical performance. Uh, We seen Alvin Kamara. He scored six touchdowns in that game. Uh, Mike, tell, tell me what you thought about that game and what really stood out to you about this New Orleans Saints team. Well, their well, ability, their ability to, run to run the football. football. I mean, come I mean, on, come on. Uh, that was a that was dominating, dominating performance, performance up front, up front, front the offensive, offensive line. line. Um, um, and I said it post game. It was the best game, game I've ever seen Toronto on play. That left that tackle. Uh, but, uh, but you did, you did it, it with, with you know, James Hurst. You know, on one side. Just made do. And that's what it's all about. This time of year, no one's healthy. Okay, no team is healthy in the NFL. Everybody's dealing with COVID issues one way or another. So it's no excuse. You just got to go out there and play the best people you got. Um, what people don't understand is that's what you spend the offseason doing. Accumulating talent for when you're going to need it. It's not if, it's when you're going to need it. And uh, I thought they did a great job running the football it was effective. It kept pounding away. Alvin Kamara, you know, I don't know what more I could say about him. He just had an unbelievable football game, just terrific across the board. And, uh, you know, talking about tying an NFL record, you know. Now, I didn't scout Ernie Nevis coming out of Stanford. You know, he's a 1920s guy. But, uh, man, you know, you look at that, you, you're really impressed and how well this football team was able to play the game against a team they had not matched up well against. You could tell it mattered. And, uh, you know, with Mike Zimmer, you know, he's a guy that uh, he's going through transition in Minnesota, and you can tell real fast. They're not the same on the defensive side of the football. Yeah, I mean, if you look at, like, some of the pieces that was missing, I mean, you you were missing Kendricks, you were missing Daniil Hunter, um, and I mean, he even flat out said, he said probably the worst defense. Well, <laughs> I don't think that's a, I, I don't think there's no if, ands, or maybe about it. He said that's the worst defense he ever had. So, I mean, and I mean, the Saints, I mean, they did what they wanted to do with them in a running game. But they, they averaged like, I think it was like seven yards of at least 15 rushes and stuff. I mean, it, it was, it was crazy, you know, but it, it really shows you, Mike, like, something that we as fans have been wanting to see all season long. We have wanted to see the Saints uh, offensive line perform uh, this way. Uh, but that, that made me think about, uh, you know, Andrews Pete. I got to ask you about this. Um, you know, Sean Payton even came out and, and talked about Andrews Pete. He even, he, he said him by, he, he, he said it by name. He said, Andrews Pete needs to play better. Andrews Pete didn't play in this game. James Hurst played in the game, uh, replacing Andrews Pete, who was out with injury. Uh, looking at this game, Mike, uh, if you were a head coach, if you can be Sean Payton, would you look and evaluate James Hurst at the guard position and seeing how well Alvin Kamara ran the ball and possibly consider 
you know, leaving Andrews Pete out and maybe allowing James Hurst to be a starter? Okay, you stood up for and wanted Andrews Pete on your football team in, in the spring. He got paid because Sean Payton wanted him on this team. It wasn't because, oh, I think Andrews Pete's a nice guy and everything else. No, Sean wanted him here. So you might say, well, I'm thinking about it, but come on. Sean Payton's not sitting Andrews Pete to play James Hurst. That, that, that don't make any sense at all at this stage. You're going to play the guy you have paid. You stood up for him. You, you the guy that got him paid. Okay, so if I'm the GM, I'm saying, wait a minute. You wanted me to pay this guy, and now you're going to sit him down for a veteran free agent we picked up? Come on, that, that don't happen. It don't happen in the real world, so it's not happening in the NFL. Um, and I get where you're coming from, but it's not going to happen. If Andrews Pete's healthy, he's playing ahead of James Hurst. Now, what it does is give you an idea of what may happen in the future. I don't know if they can afford Nick Easton, who I think has really played well on, on the right side. You might not be able to afford him because of the fact, one, your salary caps come down considerably uh, from what it is this year. It's going to come down again. And the fact that you got a $20 million credit card bill, you got to pay for Drew Brees. You have kicked that thing down the can for years and years and years down the road. Kick that can. Eventually now they want you to pay it. So my thought is this. James Hurst, who has played a lot of guard in the NFL, he's just not played tackle, also played guard, could be an option and a very viable option if you have to make the decision, we can't afford Easton. We, we got to move on this offseason and let's bring back James Hurst and let him be the swing guy at both guards and also at the tackle position. So, man, you paid Andrus a lot of money. Uh, you're going to go through some changes at the center guard. We all know that eventually that Ruiz is going to get kicked to center and McCoy is going to play guard. And so now you got a good look at what Hurst could do at that guard position. So it's a glimpse into the future that, man, I might not be able to afford Nick Easton next year. I might have to move on. But if I can keep James Hurst, you know, he's a really good option at that guard position. And also the fact that he can play tackle is a big addition. Yeah, yeah I, I like James Hurst a lot. I, I like his attitude. You know, I, I think he's a he's a tough guy. You know, Mike, no no disrespect to Andrews Pete, but I just feel like it's just something that's it's just something missing from Andrews Pete that I when you look at an offensive lineman, you you look at a guy being nasty and tough. I really don't really get that from Andrews. I think he's a really good run blocker. Uh but when it comes to pass protection, I think he kinda lacks in in, in that uh department. But I do feel like the Saints actually paid him. Do you think they paid him because they look at they're going to have to have life after Drew Brees, and they're going to have a young quarterback, rather it's Jameis, rather it's Taysom or someone in the draft. And they always say that the best friend of a young quarterback is a good defense, which the Saints have. They're ranked in the top five right now, and a good offensive line. Uh, you know, so maybe they were looking at the fact that 
maybe after Drew Brees, we'll probably have to run the ball more. So that's the reason why they paid Andrews. Uh, do you think? Uh, do you think they just looked at him and said, "Well, he he's not what we need him to be, but he can get there." Do you think that the Saints are are focusing on maybe transitioning from being a pass dominant team to a run dominant team? The reason why they paid Andrews? They've always, They've always paid, paid that guards. guards. You go back, you go back in, back history, in history, history. Look what they look paid, paid Jari Evans. Mm. They wanted they to wanted pay to Carl Nicks. Right. All went all on, went on to, Tampa to Tampa Bay, Bay and became, became the highest paid guard, guard in, the game. in the game. Right. So they went so out and they 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 paid a lot of money. Okay, okay. you spent first-round picks on Andrews Pete. You spent a first-round pick, so to speak. No, second-round pick, so to speak, on Eric McCoy, who I think eventually will be your guard. You spent a first-round pick on Ruiz. What that tells you is they have really concentrated on what they believe and what I've felt for a long time too the league is getting less and less edge pass rushers i've got to have a clean pocket for my quarterback so that means a lot more interior pressure a lot more from the inside than ever before because uh, you know you can look and say well how many defensive ends went in round one last year two chase young caleb on chase on that's it. 32 teams need pass rushes. Okay. So you telling me that every team needs a pass rusher, but only two win in round one? <laughs> Come on. That don't add up. What's adding up is that Sean has always put great emphasis on protecting the middle. He knows Drew Brees is basically a box quarterback. He stays in that box. Every once in a while, he'll move left and right. He stays in the pocket, throws the football real quickly. So if I don't get that quick interior pass rush, man, Drew's going to burn you. He's just going to rip you apart. So I do believe that that is part of Sean's philosophy, short-term, long-term. You're not using a first-round pick on Ruiz. You're not using a second-round pick on McCoy. You're not paying Andrews Pete. You're not spending a lot of money in free agency on Nick Easton if you were just worried about one element or the other. No, it's always been a big part of his game. And eventually you're going to have to pay Ramjack and he'll be a record breaker uh, at that right tackle position. And, you know, Teron's healthy. And when he's been healthy, he's one of the elite left tackles in this game. So he understands that as all Everything is put about receivers and tight ends and quarterbacking and all that. If you don't have a strong offensive defensive line, you ain't going nowhere. Nowhere. So statistically, all these analytical dudes want to tell you, well, you win with all these what they call skilled players. You know what you win in this league or in college football, even in the prep ranks? Yeah, you need to have a great quarterback. But if I can win in the trenches, I can beat you. Every game, I can beat you. Okay? But that's not an analytical stat. Okay? You look at how balanced this football team is, and I put it on Twitter. It's about 25 plays difference between they've thrown more passes than they've run the ball. That's the closest it's ever been in the Sean Payton time frame of running and passing. And you see a little bit of a sea change happening. 
in pro football. I wrote about this three years ago. I could see it in all these camps. Man, you'd hit a whistle, tweet, tweet. All these edge rushers go over here. All these big defensive tackles go here. All, all these offensive linemen go here. Man, they got a big group of defensive tackles. They got a big group of offensive linemen. The edge rushers, I could have stood in front of them and the four guys would have walked around me. You don't see those guys coming out of college like they used to. Now, I've told veteran defensive ends who thought about retirement. Why? There's nobody coming out that can beat you. No one. So the running game now becomes a big emphasis. Why? Because about 75 to 77% of the time, you in nickel, which means you got five defensive backs and I take out a linebacker. So I take out a 230-pound guy and I put in a 195-pound corner or 210-pound safety. If I go dime, I'm taking out another bigger man to put in a smaller guy. So the defensive guys, in the back of their minds, they're saying, wait a minute now. They got us in the rocking chair. The rules are set up to throw the ball. But now we're getting smaller to match up. You know what's going to uh, – the offense is going to do? They're going to get big and run the ball at us. And I think Sean won't maybe admit it, but I think in the past, he was a little impatient with the running game. Yeah, I thought he was impatient with the running game. And I don't think there's any denial of that. Now, I think he's become much more patient with the running game. Now, you got a guy, you know, I, I give Spagnola a lot of credit against Kansas City. I thought they did a really good job of slamming the Saints running game. It stopped it. Okay, you don't want to beat your head against the, the wall. You're not going anywhere. And they had to throw it a lot more, and they couldn't convert on third downs. So that meant you were three and out, three and out. You didn't get a chance to run the ball. But I do think what you're seeing, and I see it in college football because I'm hearing it from the coaches, and it's going to happen there first, and then you see the trickle down into the NFL, is that, man, we go into all this nickel-dime stuff. Now teams are running against us. So now you like the cat's tail underneath the rocking chair. You're just trying to move out the way before it catch you, and you hear that big meow. What's well, going to happen too in the NFL? You know, you look at what's going on with a guy like Derrick Henry, okay? He's carrying the Tennessee Titans football team, and he's made Ryan Tannehill a much better quarterback. I got to go small, or do I go big with Derrick? Okay, it's the dilemma now. And I do think that you're seeing this more and more across pro football of a smaller league on defense. So you know what? I'm going to show you. I'm going to run it at you. And if I'm effective early, I'm going to run it all game. Because the one big difference I see personally for me between now and, say, 10 years ago is the lack of depth, quality depth along the defensive line and linebackers for most football teams. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I look at I look at the offensive line. I, I do feel like it's the most important position. That's why, like, Mike, uh, you know, outside of Drew Brees, my second favorite player on the Saints team is Ryan Ramchick. I mean, just I, I just loved how tough that guy is. I, I think about him. I think he ended up getting injured, I, I think, in a Vikings game, if I'm not mistaken. He took off one play, came back in, and just completely uh, pancake the guy, you know, like 
you need those tough guys like on that on that line, and I think that's 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 so important uh, for a team to have. And it's good to have you know good solid running you know running play. Yeah, I, I do agree with what you're saying too about Sean Payton. He was very impatient with the running game. You know, it it's, it was almost to a point, Mike. You actually knew what type of game the Saints were going to have. Like if they came out the gate, let's just say for example, if Mark Ingram carried the ball and he carried the ball about eight yards. And then he carried it again. It was six yards. He got a first down. It seemed like, okay, the Saints are going to run the ball today. But if he come out the gate two yards, one yard, one yard, it seemed like they weren't going to run the ball. So I I appreciate Sean Payton for being uh, patient with the running game because they've had like a couple of 40 carry uh, games this season. Uh, But I want to focus now. Yeah, the thing thing is, is I recall Bill Parcells when he was coaching for Bill, saying, man, listen, I think Sean's a great coach, but sometime he get the virus, the passing virus. Okay. <laughs> and so, and so I, I read exactly where Parcells went with that particular part. The other thing is I've talked to coaches on the team, and, you know, one of the things they bring up is, man, when you got number nine, when he was in his prime, you know, you trusted, you know, he was going to get you that first down with a shot. It doesn't matter if it was a short pass to the back or to the tight end. Don't get you the first down. Well, you know, as Drew gets older, he can still touch greatness every once in a while, but it's not going to be what was maybe in 09 and 10 and 11 in his, in his real prime years and then a little bit afterwards. So you got to adjust. And I give Sean, I think great coaches, just like I think great businessmen, adjust on the move. The two things he has paid a lot of attention to is running the football more than he has in the past. And secondly, a bigger emphasis, not that he hadn't before, but I think even more now on special teams, because all these games are so close today of thinking about a return man, the kicker. Remember, it was a revolving door. Then Will Will Lutz sort of solved those issues for you of their return teams, their coverage units. They're amongst the best of the best. He's put a lot of emphasis on keeping guys that they may not be great if you got them in nickel and dime in a coverage point of view, but, man, they can play special teams. You look at JT Gray, Justin Hardy. Hardy. Those guys are unbelievable special teams players. Dwayne Washington, outstanding special teams player. Deontay Harris has changed the way this football team is because of his big play element. And I think Marquez Callaway could be that type player too. Now you got to learn. You can't, 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 can't No, and at the full, no, yeah, no, but, no. <laughs> but, 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 you know, you, you sometimes, I, I get it. Sometimes you sort of lose track of where you are on the field and you say, okay, I'm drifting to the eight and I'm drifting a little bit more and I'm drifting a little bit more. And he thought he would be able to run it. And Sean told us on the coaches show, he was looking to return it. So when he catches it, the guy's too close. So he threw the hand up. Um, He'll learn from that. But look how good the special teams are with this football team and how much better and how much of an emphasis they are with the running game. I I think it's, you can see that evolution with Sean. He did fix the defense for the most part. Yeah. Which was a, which also was a negative because he added some really good players there. But I think the running game and special teams 
has been something that he's put tremendous emphasis in. And you can see the product out on the field of how it's helped this football team win. Listen, you don't win four straight NFC South titles if you can't play defense, you can't run the ball, or you got four special teams. That ain't happening. You know, that's not happening. Uh, I give, I give great, great credit, credit for, that, for that. That he was that able, he was able to adjust on the move. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they've, they've improved, like, since, I have to say, since, like, 2017 until the present. They have improved in some aspect of the game. Defensively, they've improved. Uh, special teams, they've improved. Offensively, uh, when it comes to the running game, it has improved over that over that span. And I think any Saints fan would have to uh, have an appreciation for that. I mean, that's what that's what it's all about, being a little bit better than you were a year, you know, a year prior. You know, so I, I like this, the way the Saints are, are constructed. I think this is one of the best defenses they had in quite some time. And, uh, you know, I, I think they'll be it's able the to best, do something with it. Yeah. The best, the best ever, ever on the show. Now, you hate to see it. something happen, what happened to Quan, you know, and, and I've covered him since he was in high school. Uh, he was one of the top linebackers in the South at in Alabama, and then he tore up his knee and didn't play much as a senior. I think maybe one game. He missed most of his senior season, uh, signed with LSU. He started for less as a true freshman. Now, less. You know, he was one of those coaches, man, you know, I'm not really crazy about starting freshman. Quan started. Then he broke his ankle. Then he hurt his knee. Then he goes to Tampa, hurts his knee again, goes to San Francisco, has an ankle injury and tore pectoral muscle. Wow. And now, and now with the Achilles, you know, and I can't, I wish I could explain just some guys can walk away from this business and not have a lot of things go wrong with them. Physically. Yeah. <laughs> with Quan, man, he's had a host of injuries, and he's tailor-made for this defense. Him and Demario at linebacker, they they tailor-made for what they want linebackers to do. So that is a loss. You might say next man up, but I do know one thing: the next man ain't nearly as good as Quan. Yeah, I, I agree. You know, next man up mentality—that's good to have. But Mike, I think we, <laughs> I think we all can agree. There's reasons why teams have starters. I mean, there's going to be a drop off. I mean, j- there's not many guys that can come in right away and just be an immediate impact, especially at the linebacker position like that. I mean, it's like as soon as as he hit the field, you can actually recognize his presence. And, and not to mention, you know, th- those th- that forced fumble against Jalen Hurts. And also that fumble, you know, against the Chiefs. I mean, that fumble recovery versus the Chiefs. So, I mean, he's a he's a really smart, you know, he's a really smart, very physical, like speedy linebacker. And I I definitely feel like the Saints are going to miss him, you know. And, and it's unfortunate that that happened. And you know, I I, I think that <laughs> I think he'll still be playing for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers if he he didn't have any injuries. You know, I, I really feel that way. I, I think I think that. I just think that it's been bad luck. You know, it, it reminds me of like a like like Sean Lee, like Sean Lee for the Cowboys, like really good linebacker. When he's on the field, he's a presence. You you know when he's out there, he's going to make plays. But it, it just seems like something always happens, and he ends up missing an extended amount of time. Uh, but let's talk a little bit about let's talk about Drew Brees. Uh, I don't know if you've been following the national media, but the narrative is. Uh, it seems like the Saints are hopeless now because of Drew Brees. He can't throw down the field. 
too much air under the ball these days. Uh, Mike, uh, do you feel that the New Orleans Saints can get where they need to be with Drew Brees as the quarterback going into the playoffs? Uh, are you concerned about what you're seeing um, from Drew Brees? I mean, he threw for 311 yards, but he had two interceptions. So are, are you concerned about Drew Brees going forward? No, no, because, because uh, I, I know, know what could potentially be your alternative. Come yeah. on, Drew Brees <laughs> gives you the best, best chance, chance to win. To win. Yeah. Man, national, national media. media. Come, on. Come on. All they're they looking, looking at, at is highlights. highlights. All right. I've done I've enough, enough shows nationally, I can tell you. Most of them got no clue what's going on with the Saints franchise other than the highlights they see or something you might put on social media that they read. You know, they're not watching game film of the Saints. They might watch a little bit of the game, but come on, they watch in other games too. Uh, Drew gives you the best chance to win. Um, he's not healthy. You realize that. I mean, everybody realizes with the ribs and with the lung, he's still, and you can see when somebody's close, you know, he's protecting those ribs. And I get it. I, I get it perfectly uh, on that part. But he gives you the best chance uh, and opportunity come January to move into a February game. And, uh, come on, football ain't a light switch. It's not like you can turn it off and on, um, you know. And so it does take a little while when you're away from it to get back. And the fact his most trusted receiver is not on the field, okay? Michael Thomas is not there. That's the guy that if this team moves on, <laughs> I really think it's going to be because of Mike. As you get into the playoff time, man, they break you down to the point where they know every little thing that goes on. Mike is going to be the difference maker because even when he's covered, he's open. And they got very few guys in this league like that. When, you know, when he's covered, he's open. He finds a way to make a catch. And Drew trusts him, absolutely trusts him. He's going to be in a spot where he can put the football and they can move it. So uh, I'm not worried about Drew. I, again, as you get old, and it's something Jimmy Taylor uh, who passed away a couple years back, but he told me this because they had some writers write this stuff about Adrian Peterson drinking from the fountain of youth, and he would be the Adrian Peterson with the Saints like he was with the Vikings. You know, and Jimmy called me one day. He was like, Mike, come on, you got to straighten this out. That, there's no fountain of youth when you've been, been hit, hit that, that many times. You can still play, but you're not the same player. Come on, Adrian's playing right now because he needs the money. Financially, you know, he didn't do a good job, or the people around him, I should say, didn't do a good job with him. Can Adrian Peterson still play? Yes. Can he play like Adrian Peterson we saw with the Vikings? No. And so – Taylor told me this. He's like, Mike, my last year with the Packers, I was good, but I wasn't what I was early in the 60s. And when I went to the Saints, I was stealing money, so to speak, because <laughs> I couldn't play no more. And their offensive line was bad. But he said, he gave me the comment. He said, you know, you can still touch it, that greatness. You just can't do it week to week. You just can't do it week to week. And I think with a really good running game, playing defense and special teams, it gives you a little bit of a firewall that if you don't have a great game, you can still win. Come on, you're not the Chiefs. 
You know, and you don't have a guy like Mahomes who can bail you out. But, man, if I'm Kansas City and I'm thrilled about the fact that I'm this far in the season and I just got one loss, I'm the defending champs. But, man, have they put their hands in the piranha water every week? They got their hands in the piranha water that they could lose games. Yeah. If you play that game and Mahomes doesn't play well, they ain't winning nothing. Now, he may not play a bad game, but still, it, it's reason for me to believe now with that running game, with the Saints defense, and with their special teams, they can still win. In the past, Drew Brees had to play great. Now, if he plays good, you can win. And I think this is owed to Drew Brees. I mean, you, you, Drew Brees has carried the Saints franchise, and he's legitimized it, Mike. And I think sometimes we as fans, we, we forget about those things. We forget about the years where the Saints couldn't stop a nosebleed. And Drew Brees would go out there in the fourth quarter or throughout the game, throw for three, 400 yards just to keep the Saints, you know, relevant, you know, to that particular point. And now we look at Drew Brees. He has all the pieces around him. And sometimes I think sometimes we take that kind of stuff for granted. But he is a 41-year-old quarterback. And, I mean, he, he's coming off of, – I mean, he has 11 cracked ribs. I mean, so you, you you can't just expect for him to just play as if he doesn't – you know, didn't have these these ailments. And I think that having a running game, like you said, playing good defenses, we've seen that this can happen. I mean, we've seen the same thing happen with the, with the 49ers. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo didn't set the world on fire in the playoffs. It was one game I think he made through his ball 10 times in the second half. Or, uh, you know, like, they just ran the football down the throats of the Vikings and the Packers. So, I mean, I just feel like if the Saints play good defense and they run the football kind of similar to, you know, what they were doing against Minnesota, I mean, they were really physical uh, at, on the offensive line. I mean, every time Alvin Kamara uh, ran the ball, it was – I mean, he just shot through the hole. It wasn't no no Le'Veon Bell-type patience going on with that. He seen a hole, he ran straight through it. I think if the Saints can bind that together um, with Drew Brees, you know, going out there, you know he's going to get the ball where he needs to be. I think the Saints can be successful, but I do feel like I do feel like they they put way too much on Drew Brees, and I think I think it's because of the expectation. I mean, Drew Brees set the bar so high, so if he's not playing at that level in which we've seen in the past, I think people have a tendency of you know, critiquing him in a, in in a I, I would have to say an unfair way. I mean, this guy. I mean, this guy's carried this team, Mike. I mean, how many times have we seen Drew Brees with with second half heroics because the defense couldn't stop anybody? And I, I mean, I, I still believe that he can get it done. But I just think that him being out there like he was in his prime, I don't think he can carry the team the way he once did. But I definitely feel they can go all the way. Uh, with him at the quarterback position, no doubt about that. The other, the other thing, thing too is, is the Taysom Hill element, and that you know Taysom is touching the football what eight, maybe nine times a game. In the past, when you saw Taysom in the lineup, you knew they were going to run the ball. Okay, you knew it. Today, because of the fact that he did see work in those games as a starting quarterback you got to be prepared for Taysom to throw the ball. And so, see, that's the element that you didn't have years ago. He brings you that power running skill, especially in short yardage, 
goal line situations, uh, conversion down elements. And then the other part is now you have to be fearful of that. You know, he's going to pull the ball out from the belly of the runner and throw the football. In the past, man, I had no fear of that if I was going to fall in it. And I'm not fearing <laughs> that Taysom Hill's going to throw it on me. I, I, it's in the back of my mind today when I see him in there because he could do that. And so I, I think, you know, you got to balance everything in life. Not everything stays the same in life. Everything's going to change, change on, on you. So yeah. you, so have, you to have to adapt. adapt. And, and I give Sean and that offensive coaching staff a lot of credit. They saw Drew... You know, as you get older, you're not going to play these great games all the time. So what can we do to manufacture yards? Well, we put in Taysom Hill. He gives us another element. And if I'm a defensive coordinator, man, i got to figure all that out. You know, I've got to spend a lot of time worrying about what's going to happen when Taysom's in the lineup. Now, i got to figure out how I can stop him on those power running plays. Now that that's difficult, you know, because he, he's a big man. Now, only thing with Taysom, he's got to just be more protective of the football. And um, I think you're starting to see some of the younger players now. They ain't rookies no more, okay? And so, how big of an impact as we go farther? Adam Troutman, a Marquez Callaway, a Ty Montgomery, who's not a rookie, but he's young to the team. How will they play into this mix as we move forward? You know, because you got the veterans like Sanders and and, and Cook, and you don't know what you're going to get from Cook from game to game. Right. And if you can get Mike back, now you've got that other element. And Deontay, with the fact that I think he's so effective on the little shorter pass and then letting that athleticism take over, and also on the jet sweep. Yeah. Because, because, you know, you once know, he makes the turn, <laughs> you better get your hands on him real quick because he's going to be up the field fast. That uh, th- They've come up with some very innovative stuff. Uh, and now the rookies are no longer rookies. Okay, you got games under your belt now. And, um, and it really bodes well for the future of this team and seeing the progress Troutman and Marquez has made. It, it's tough when you see a guy – like Trey Quan, who was looking as though he was going to get more touches and he was playing pretty well. He was your best downfield blocker as a receiver that he goes down. But you got a lot of pieces of the puzzle here. And even though you lost Quan, that man, you look at some of the other teams hitting the playoffs, they got a lot more injuries than the Saints do. A lot more. And it's who's the healthiest. Nobody's going to be completely healthy. But who is the healthiest of the bunch? Because this 16-game season take its toll. And just think about next year when it'll be 17. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think, like, unlike years past, uh, the Saints, you know, it seemed like they, they peaked at the wrong time. You have guys now, you know, that have been dealing with injuries, you know, they're starting to come back. I think it was a good move by Sean Payton uh, allowing Michael Thomas to, to heal a little bit longer from the ankle injury putting him on IR so when the playoff starts, he can be back. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about that that uh, that potential first-round bye, but that's the reason why that's so important uh, because it gives guys extra time. I mean, I know Patrick Robinson, he's off of IR, so we might see him, uh, Deontay Harris. So 
it seems like guys are getting, you know, healing up at the right time. And also, it was unfortunate uh, for Teron Armstead, but we all know that he would miss a game or two. But him dealing, you know, with the, you know, COVID, being on a COVID list and dealing with that in the process of, you know, him healing his body, you know, being free of, of COVID, it also gave him opportunity to kind of, you know, maybe heal up a little bit of something that he may have been nagging with uh, throughout the season. You know, so I think those two games that he missed might have been beneficial to him and his health uh, when it comes to his extremities. So I just think that right now, these guys coming back for the playoffs, to being able to make a run is going to be huge. You mentioned Michael Thomas, him coming back, being close to 100%. Um, I think it's going to be huge for the New Orleans Saints as well. And also, um, like you said, with Taysom Hill, you know, it, it's one thing, uh, Mike, to wonder if a play will work if you bring a, a quarterback in, but you actually have Taysom Hill who played in four games and you've seen what he can do well when it comes to passing the ball and running the ball. And now it's like when he comes into the game, like you said, defense is really not going to know how to approach him because, you know, Sean can look at a game where you've seen that play versus the Philadelphia Eagles. We got these many yards. You've seen this play versus the Falcons. He probably can use that in a real situation. And while teams may think that Taysom Hill is just in there for RPO, I mean, he probably can take the top off the defense by throwing the ball down the field. So they have a lot of weapons here. Guys are getting healed up at the right time. And I think you combine that with the play of Drew Brees. I really do think that the Saints can really do some damage. But I want to talk about the playoffs now because this is really important. We know about the Green Bay Packers. We know about them, uh, you know, if they beat the Chicago Bears, uh, you know, they get the first round by. But if they win, you know, if they win, I mean, if they lose and the Seattle Seahawks lose, then the Saints will get the first round by. How important is it uh, for the New Orleans Saints to get the first round by? Do you feel like the Saints should be okay even if they don't have it? Well, I'd like well, I'd to get, like to the, get vibe the vibe because, because uh, I got an old coach that lives uh, fairly close to me, Joe Clark. He coached uh, over 30 years in the NFL. And he said, you know what that vibe means? That one less game I got to win. You know, he said, he said oh, it's, oh, it's great, great to, be, to healthy, be healthy, but if I lose with a healthy team, it means nothing. It's one less game I got to play and win. So that's part of the buy situation, that you don't have to win three games to get to Super Bowl Sunday. All I got to do is win two. <clears throat> so that that's important. No question you'd want that first round buy. I, I, it's huge in that part. And this is very reminiscent of what we saw a year ago, sort of with San Francisco Green Bay sort of battling it out. And now you got to rely on the Bears to help you. Uh, and and, and everybody's, oh, Trubisky's turning the corner and all this and that. Man, I got to see it to believe it. Uh, let, <laughs> let, let, let the you're not a believer, Mike. Not, you're not, you know, you know, you're you not a believer in this. You're a little bit of your role. But um, you can still win three games and, and get into the Super Bowl. We've seen it before with teams. The Giants did it a few years back won three playoff games on the road and and was able to win it. So uh, it, it is part of the game. And now it's a different part because only one team from each of the conferences has a bye. But um, it's important because you don't have to play another game. I think that 
The people missing that part of it. It's one less game you got to win. That's why it's so important. But because home field advantage, you would say, man, at one time that was huge. Okay. If it's weather is one thing, but today they ain't got nobody in the stands. Hey. A couple thousand people in the stands, that ain't going to make no difference one way or another. And the Saints have been really good on the road. They've been extremely uh, talented and winning football on the road with Sean. Only the Patriots since 2010 have a better road record than the Saints do. Now, most of the time, come playoff time, the Patriots were playing in their backyard. Exactly. They've got to come over here and play. Not, that's a big difference. <clears throat> so I, I'm going to say yes. It does make a difference if you're the number one seed. And, yes, you do get time off. But even more important, that's one less game I got to play. You know, and so, so that, that helps help my health if I'm a football team. Not only can I heal a little bit, but I ain't beaten up from another game, so to speak. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm not a believer in Mitchell Trubisky either. I'm not. I'm not buying it. Uh, I just think that the, the the Chicago Bears finally realized that they actually have a really good running back in Montgomery. You know, what I mean, I don't understand why they wasn't using him in the first place. Because the guy is, like, really good. I mean, I seen him when he played against the Saints, and he almost ran for 100 yards against the Saints. I think he may have had, like, 84, 85 yards versus the Saints. They start to use him more, and I think they put Mitchell Javisky on the center a little bit more to work on the play action, but that that has... And uh, he can run. run. Mm -hmm. That's one of the things with Trubisky is that he's got some open field running skills that's underrated, but it's pretty good. You know, he can take off and run with the football. That defense has always been good. they opportunistic. They put a pass rush. You know, when you got people like Khalil Mack and Akeem Hicks, you can get a pass rush. Their secondary is not um, household names, but they come up with turnovers. They've always had a pretty solid special teams unit, too. So, um, but this is a huge game, and it's almost like a sucker bet. Okay, that game kind of <laughs> opened up like three and a half and three. And people were like, man, you know, they must really believe in the Bears. No, because the Packers have been hot and they've been crushing some teams. What they want you to do is they want as much money on the Bears as they have on the Packers. And they're not worried about who's winning. They, they, want, they don't want to lose their money. So they want you to bet on the Bears. Because they always know a team playing as well as what Green Bay is playing. You know, big money gamblers. I'm not talking about dudes that put down 20 or 50 or 100. I'm talking about people who are putting down thousands of dollars. They won money with the Packers. Man, I'm going right back to that. Aaron Rodgers, he's going to get me my money. Uh, it, it's, it's part of the deal there. So you got to be careful with that. I heard, oh, the hot quarterback is Trubisky. Man, the hot team is Green Bay. Right. Because we've, we've been, been waiting now. How many weeks for them to lose? It's been, a, been while. a while. It's been a while. It's been a while. It's been a while. They've been they've been red hot, and they really shocked me. I, I really thought the Tennessee Titans would have put up a better effort. I mean, they they destroyed them, you know. And, no, but and no, now, Titans, can't, Titans can't get a pass rush. Uh, you know, I do stuff for the Titans radio network, and uh, it's been disappointing that they've gotten virtually no edge rush. Um, Jadavian Clown has been a major disappointment uh, with them. And, boy, you know, sometimes the best deals in life 
or the ones you don't make. Right. This, this, the Saints the had invested all that money in Clowney, and, and he's playing the same level. And they put all that money on Vic Beasley, and he turned out to be a dud. They had to get rid of him. You know, <laughs> not, he's with the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, so, um, and John Robinson, who's a no pal of mine, he was a former coach at Nickel State. Um, he hadn't hit too well on those draft choices <laughs> and, uh, and some of those big money players. But, you know, again, they carried with their offense with Derek. And if he is not making plays early in a game and they fall behind and you got to rely on Tannehill and a pass rush, you're in trouble. You know, and, and they, they realize that they built a certain way that once a team like Green Bay jumps on them, they're like a bad cat. You know, it's hard to get that bad cat off you uh, once you get in. And, and you know, Rodgers, Rodgers, it was nothing, nothing the way he was way throwing he was. the football in, in that snow and in those conditions. And now they found an, another big thunder back in, in, yeah. in, in Boston, Boston College. Uh, you know, you teaming him up with Aaron Jones now. Uh, you know, a lot of people laughed on draft day, you know, because we separated on draft day. But uh, it was Zach and I and Deuce. And, you know, one of the questions was, why would the Packers pick another running back? And Deuce and I looked at one another and was like, I knew exactly why. <laughs> playing in Green Bay in November, in December, in, in January, in those bad weather conditions, and you got a 240-pound back, you try tackling him 25 times in a game and see how easy that is. Now, your analytics don't tell you that, but I'm going to tell you, it ain't, it ain't easy. You know, you know we got him and Jones kind of banging away at you and you got a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers who has played in those conditions before and he and they understand it they got great confidence the big difference from last year is I think there is the communication and the comfort level between him and LaFleur is a lot better than it was a year ago where you could tell there was some disconnect with the two with the head coach and, and the quarterback yeah, and I, I think so, too. I think Aaron feels like he has something to prove. I mean, he saw it. He saw them move up in the first round to get Jordan Love out of the draft out of Utah State. And, you know, I, I know he he has to believe that that was uh, them trying to get his attention. And um, since then, I mean, he's like, okay, you can bring it, – it's kind of like what I heard this uh, <laughs> what they said about uh, with Drew Brees when – when Sean said he was, could possibly uh, draft Patrick Mahomes, he was like, well, as long as he don't worry about sitting, he should be okay. I feel like Aaron, <laughs> it felt the same way. Like, okay, you know, y'all can draft him if you want to, but uh, I still got something to prove here. And, I um, mean, he is playing at an MVP level. And I think, like you said, I think they trust each other now. You yeah, know, I yeah. think there's a, there's a trust element. I, 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 I agree. Yeah, I, I think there's a trust element that was missing last year that is – there this year, and they and they believe in one another. It's like it, it's like Aaron bought into uh, what Matt Lafleur is trying to do, and, and and now they're working together as a cohesive unit. And uh, right now they're on a on a course to have two back to back thirteen to three seasons, which is not bad at all, especially for Matt Lafleur going into his second year as a, as a head coach. But um, you know, I look at before we move on. Um, I'll ask you about the Panthers game. I look at the Chicago Bears. I mean, this is a do-or-die situation for them, you know. And I know that Mitchell Jabisky is playing, like, really, really well, and they finally give him Montgomery the ball. But I just can't see the Green Bay Packers building all this up this entire season 
you know, them being better defensively, uh, them uh, running the football a little bit more, having balance. Uh, Devontae Adams having his best season as a wide receiver. I, I can't see them just putting all that good work together to lose to the Bears as good as the Bears have been playing. But, I mean, you got to give kudos to the Bears for them to give it, giving it the old college try. But it's going to be tough. And and also the number two spot, I understand if the, if, if the Packers – uh, win this game, the Saints end up being in the number two position, we hope. It's not really a bad position to be in, uh, Mike, if you think about it. Because what happens if in the divisional round the Packers slip up and lose? Then the Saints would actually have three straight home games going on their way to the Super Bowl. I mean, you have the wild card, the divisional, and, you know, you will have the NFC Championship game in New Orleans. I mean, we've seen that done before. A, a, a couple of years ago, the Green Bay Packers were, what, 15-1? and one? end up losing to the Giants, uh, you know, in a in a divisional round of the playoffs, you know, and I think that was the year where the Saints uh, actually lost in the playoffs and the NFC Championship game would have been in New Orleans. So it's a possibility. I understand we want that first round bye, but the number two spot is not really that bad either if you if you think about it. I mean, that would be the, the next best choice. Yeah, yeah. but it's out of your hands. hands. Yeah. The only thing you can control is your game. Go out and beat the Panthers. You know, and the NFL is smart, man. Listen, they, they slick it out everything when they move that Panthers game to 3 o'clock. So you ain't scoreboard watching. Now you got the Saints, the Packers, and Seattle all playing in the 3 o'clock hour. You know, man, listen, the NFL, they three steps ahead of everybody else. You know, that, that 12 noon game is one thing. Man, got a lot of people going to watch it at 3 o'clock. A lot of people watching it because they right. got stuff down the line in that particular deal. So, uh, you know, it's out of your hands at this point. All you can do is beat the Panthers. Because <clears throat> if you don't beat the Panthers, all the other stuff is irrelevant. But you got to take care of your own business. Uh, there's so much time people spending on worried about the Packers, okay? That's great and fine. My thing is, worry about your own business. Worry about the same business. Right, right. Don't be worried about what somebody else does. Now, if that happens, I'm thrilled. But I think it's just human nature. Everybody's worried about somebody else's business. They're not, you know, instead of worried about their own, they worried about somebody else's. Uh, so, so, but, but that's in life. life. That, that ain't even just football. That's in everyday life in, in that particular deal. So you just got to take care of business against the Panthers. You understand McCaffrey won't be playing. Mike Davis won't be playing that running back. Uh, left tackle position for the Panthers isn't really good. So, man, if I'm right defensive end for the Saints, man, um, Teddy's in my sights real quick, quick. <laughs> and the thing and about, about with, when you lose McCaffrey and Davis, you also losing two guys who experience picking up a blitz or picking up somebody coming off the edge. Now you're down to your third guy. Right. So that, that's a big difference, especially if I was Teddy, man, I'm saying I'm getting rid of that football real fast. I don't have my left tackle, and I don't have my two starting uh, – well, guys that have started in the backfield, man, I'm getting rid of that football real quick. So don't help Carolina by turning the ball over. Don't help them. Just keep rolling it. But I do know one thing which makes this a great matchup is that Joe Brady – you know, because he worked with Sean hand-in-hand hand all those years. Right. He understands the Saints' offense really, really well. And he also, 
Joe knows the Saints defensive players, basically all of them really well. Yeah. So, so that game plan, like, you know, they came within a yard. Because that field goal kick, if that kick is 66 yards instead of 67, you know, we, we in overtime against the Panthers. Um, the Panthers played the Saints very well uh, the first time in, in the Dome. So you just take care of business there. I, I would try to run it against them, try to control the clock. Um, Drew Brees has had some of his best games against the Panthers, throwing it. But I, I think when you that hot sort of running it, man, I want to give that a shot. Am I going to be effective again? Now, I'm not going to see the same defense because that defense of the Vikings, you ain't seeing a bad defense like that, that again the rest of the year. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to try to be effective running it because it makes Drew's job so much easier as a passer. And even they have not had a great pass rush. I do think they have a young superstar in the middle, though, in Derek Brown. Man, Derek, Derek can play. I yeah. never forget last year, Coach O telling me this, that uh, he beat Damian Lewis a couple times on some inside moves. And, you know, Coach O, you know, he jumping on Damian about, come on, Damian, you got to block him. You got to get in front of him. He said, Coach, it's like blocking two guys. So Coach Will was like, Let's listen, just block one of the two. At least catch one, <laughs> one of them when he said he can't come up inside. Up inside. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, I, that guy that guy is a real, real physical um, interior lineman. I mean, I mean, I remember watching him at Auburn and how, how tough he was, you know, like, I mean, he he definitely has been coming into his own. He started off a little bit slow at the beginning of the season. Now he's uh, starting to come in his own. So, but uh, off, offensively, uh, what I mean, you're talking about running a football. So let me ask you this, and this would be my final question to you: Knowing how important Alvin Kamara has been to you in this entire season, I understand he's about sixty some odd yards away from his first thousand yard season. How much Alvin Kamara would you be using in this Week 17 game, or would you make this a Latavius Murray game? Because, Mike, we all know that you need a relatively healthy uh, Alvin Kamara going into the postseason, and we know that the Saints' success is going to be uh, because of Alvin Kamara in, in some regards. So would you try to use uh, uh, Alvin Kamara the way that you normally would use him in a game, or would you try to cut back some of his snaps uh, just to kind of get him ready for the postseason? I think what will determine that is what happens early in the game. If you have success running it with Alvin, then Sean's not getting away from that. Sean want to get him them 1,000 yards, just like he wanted to get him that final touchdown, one way or another. You know, he was trying to get him that final touchdown. So I think what will determine your, your the answer to your question is, how effective will the Saints running game be early? And knowing I have to win this game, okay? It, you know, I can worry about what's going on between Green Bay and Chicago, but for me to stay in the hunt for that, I have to win it. It's not like I think you're going to blow them out, you know? So you, you may use Alvin, but, you know, I always believe that Latavius – has got to be a part of this attack, especially as because he's really a north south guy. That, that's not a lot of wiggle with, with Murray. He's right. an up right. field north south guy. If you are having success with him, it's to use both of them. 
But uh, I think what will determine how much Alvin carries the ball is how effective, how big of a lead you have. Yeah, that's, that's why I feel like you gotta, you, you're you going to have to jump on them early. And I like the way the Saints uh, started the Minnesota Vikings game, not defensively, but offensively when they just drove down the field. I like that. Um, the, you know, starting fast, I think this is going to be key in this game. You know, that way you won't be playing behind the eight ball. You won't get away from the running game like you said about the Kansas City game. If you start fast, you you can still uh, play. You know, you can you still use balance. But if you start falling behind, then you're going to be passing the ball more than running it. And that's what you know. I mean, you you're opening yourself up to possibly uh, getting Drew Brees. You know, some some remember me shots. You know, like they get some remember me shots on him. And you know, I, I really don't want to see that. Hopefully, like I said, I, I just hope everybody can get out this game. I want them to get the victory. But I, I, I would like for them to get out of here, you know, virtually unscathed. That way, you know, if they have to play uh, on, I would believe they have to play on a Saturday of next week, uh, hopefully they'll be ready and they'll have all their guys all hands on deck. Yeah, uh, the yeah, thing, too, is, mm-hmm. uh, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, is to watch with Nick Easton. Uh, because, um, man, I'm, I'm a big Nick Easton fan. He won me over this year, how well he's played. And he's an important piece of the puzzle because we've seen Ruiz really struggle at times as a pass protector. Right. And can Pete stay healthy? You know, so I I might have to play him at one of those two spots as a starter. When you have one concussion in one year is one thing. When you've got two, got to be real careful with it. Right. You know, he he understands – you know, with the concussion issues that have happened and the long-term effects, are you going to play him this game? Or are you going to wait? Now, I do know he came back and he practiced, but that's going to be a decision Sean's going to have to make because you most vulnerable right after the, the concussion. The game right after that, you're more vulnerable. You might think about that a little bit, more than anything, because, because of the fact that I can put Jane, I can put Hurst in there. You know, I can use Hurst in the guard position. So um I, I think a big key there is certainly is keeping your front line people healthy. Defensive line, offensive line, because I do believe as we get into January, that's gonna be the key element for putting W's up on the board and trying to get that game in February. Oh. Yeah, um, I think you definitely got to be careful with these concussions. Uh, but like you said, Nick Easton, I, I, I've, I've liked him like <laughs> everywhere that he's went, that he went. You know, I just feel like it was always like a, a little string of bad luck. Like, you know, he can be a start on on so many teams in the National Football League, but he always went to teams where <laughs> the guy at his position would be just a tad bit better than what he was, and teams be willing to invest in that guy. But I, I really like him. You know, I liked him when he p- played for the Vikings. And um, I think he, he every time, like, they ask him to step in, I mean, he does a really good job. So uh, hopefully, you know, he'll be back there on the field. But hopefully, you know, it, it's very important that he takes care of himself, especially when we're dealing with concussions. We know about the stories now. Uh, we know about what it does to guys, you know, as far as, like, uh, those uh, long, long term. And we don't want to see that happen. But – um, he is important to the success of the Saints, especially being on the offensive line. 
But, Mike, thank you so much for your time. We really do appreciate you here on the State of the Saints podcast. And um, uh, before you go, uh, would you like to let everybody know how they can get in touch with you? Yeah, yeah. Um, they, can they can go, go on, on uh, saintsreport.com. I'm on, I'm the, on Saints the Saints News, News Network, www.com. Yeah, yeah, we're looking forward to it. We, we love listening to you and, and Bobby Abel <laughs> on WWL. I mean, some yeah, they, they for that too. I mean, it, it's, it's so exciting. It's, it's, you know, what I, what I love about you, you guys before you go, it's just, it, it's like watching two guys, like if you just, you know, at, at someone's home and you're just watching two guys just go ahead and talk about football and just, just enjoying it. It's like almost like you're just, you know, just sitting there just watching two buddies just talk about the, about the game of football and sports. And we, we really do enjoy it. I mean, it's really good radio and um, we really enjoy it. And we're looking forward to what you, you know, have to say. Hopefully you guys will be talking all the way to Tampa. Saints going to the Super Bowl, so we can <laughs> hear what you got to say about that, Mike. But thank you so much. We really do appreciate it. Thanks, Thanks a, lot. a lot. Really, really appreciate, appreciate all those Who that? Who that? <laughs> this is Mike the TA right here on the State of the Saints podcast.